and God hears the nation of Israel and then he answers the Lord heard their voice of Israel and said deliver them the Canaanites they will utterly destroy them for their cities and call ye the name the place Hermoth so when God says wipe them out cast them out by the root man woman and child don't cry for them Argentina because as we were explaining before they are demonic they are perverse they are into bestiality they are into child sacrifice they are into everything sexually perverse this is a deprived culture from the top to the bottom and there's no doubt in my mind had there been one righteous soul in there just like God did with Sodom and Gomorrah right he went to save Lot in his family he sent the angels in there to save him correct if there would have been one righteous soul in that culture in that community there's no doubt in my mind because God is a good and faithful God he would have tried to save someone the righteous one at least but being that there was no one righteous in that land they all had to get wiped out why because if not they would have just kept perverting and breeding their evil and then their evil would have been conquering more territory amen all right and the lord heard the voice of israel and delivered them the canaanites and they utterly destroyed their cities and ye and ye named of the place hemon what was hemoth i'm glad you asked a place laid to waste this was the chief town of a king of a Canaanite tribe to the south of Palestine, which was reduced by Joshua and became the city of the territory of Judah, but apparently belonged to Simon. Marie, why is it keep saying Joshua? But here we know that Moses did it. Now, some part of the Torah teaches that this was a pathetic war that God was letting him to know what would come to pass. Me personally, I believe if it's mentioned twice, it happened twice. I believe if it's mentioned three times by three different people, it happened three times in three different events at three different scenarios, three different timelines by three different people of that nation of Israel. That's what I believe, but always ask God to confirm. Amen and amen. Verse 21, I'm sorry, chapter 21, verse 4. After they departed from Mount Hur by the way of the Red Sea to come past the land of Edom, the people were sore, grieved because of the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses again, <laughs> saying, Where have ye brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For here is neither bread, which they had manna falling from heaven, but apparently they got tired of it. Here neither is bread nor water. Our soul loatheth this light bread. They loathe this light bread. Who says that? The bread of the angels. Ungrateful little beast, huh? Wherefore the Lord sent fury serpents among ye people, which stung the people, so that many of the people of Israel died. Isn't it funny how it says stung the people and not bit the people? Right? Because when I think of a stinger, I think of like a bee sting. Or, you know, something like that. Um, I don't traditionally think of a snake or a serpent, obviously, because this is a serpent, stinging someone. You think of a bite. I want to point that out, too, as well. 
All right, so let's read about this. What does the Bible say about snakes? What does the Bible say about this Hebrew nation, the viewing of the snakes as written in the Bible, and so on? Well, let's get into this. All right. Specifically spoken here, we read about the fury snakes, okay? And why were they called fury snakes? They were copper in color. This is why Moses mimicked it with the bronze or copper, um, the bronze uh, serpent statue. Um, but also because their bite we spoke about, right? It would have the victim of the bite feeling as though fire was running through their veins and that was the poison. All right. Let's review the definitions in order to understand the anger and wrath that was sent against the nation of Israel as a punishment earned for their repeated disobedience and vile words towards God and his prophet. Almost as if God was saying he would not tolerate the nation of Israel any longer spitting venomous words or poisonous words towards him and his prophet amen so fury in the strong's exhaustive concordance fury serpent seraph seraph right it kind of reminds me of seraph um the seraph uh finn angels right they're supposed to be the fire angels that just brought to my heart right now all right so it means burning figuratively poisonous serpent specifically a seraph or symbolic creature from their copper color a fury serpent so here is a screenshot of the electric ver electronic excuse me version of the strong concordance for others who would like to see it as well um what I want to point out here, what I didn't copy and paste earlier was we have to remember also that the Egyptians, they worshiped snakes, right? They used to have it on their little helmet, their little crown, little, little serpent, little copper, whatever. Um, so why a serpent, I believe, was chosen to go an attack, a bite, sting, the nation of Israel is, I believe it was still some of these descendants from the converts, converts who they fled Egypt during the, during the plagues. Moses let them into the tribes of Israel. They started intermarrying and producing offspring. And unfortunately, some of those ancestral sins were still existing and once they began to provoke and go against God and speak evil towards God, and it most likely had to do with that tongue, you know, um, that that's why specifically a fury serpent was sent against them. That's what I believe. That's what I'm led to. But I could be wrong. Always confirm with God. Amen and amen. All right. Whereas that is a serpent. So a snake or serpent used in Genesis to define quite differently. Mm. Praise God. Juice is so good. All right. Snake or serpent. So a serpent is 5517D5 in the strong concordance. But right here we had a fury serpent, right? That was 8314 under fury, fury serpent. And right here we have serpent as 57D5. 
5175, excuse me. So a snake, serpent, nashk, ashk, right? So I like the way that this is explained to you, and it basically says how it is ungodly. It is compared to as biting the a, a spite of charm. Um, and the, it reminds me a little bit of in the Marines how it used to be like a velvet dagger where they say something nice but it's really something evil. And evil people seem to do that a lot too. Like demonic Camilla Harris, right? She'll say something really evil but then she does that heckle heckle laugh. And witches and warlocks, they do that trash a lot. They are just disgusting. That's why I don't like, that's why I don't like sar sarcasm, right? Because it's like saying something really mean but then laughing about it. In my opinion, when someone says a mean joke, there is truth to it. And they're just saying it in a laughing, joking manner, hoping someone won't express like, why would you say that? Like, that isn't something nice to say if we're friends or if, if I'm your loved one. Like, that's not, that's not what we do. But anyway, some people do that. All right. So Smith's Bible Dictionary defines serpent in Numbers chapter 21 verse 8 as the Hebrew, Hebrew word of nakash is a generic name for any, any serpent. Following are the principal biblical allusions to this animal, its subtitary as mentioned in wisdom and alert to by our Lord in Matthew chapter 10 verse 8. A poisonous properties of these specimens is also mentioned in Psalms, Proverbs. A sharp tongue of a servant is mentioned in Psalms and Job. The habit of serpents have lying concealed in hedges and holes and walls is alerted into, is alluded into Ecclesiastes. Their dwelling in dry sanding places is alluded in Ecclesiastes as well. Their wonderful mode of progressive did not escape the observation of the author in Proverbs chapter 31 verse 1, who expressly mentions it as one of these things which were too wonderful for him. The art of taming and charming serpents is greatly at Atticated, my accent, sorry, and is alluded to in Psalms chapter 58, verse 5, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 11, and Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 17. And doubt, doubtless intimidated in St. James chapter 3, verse 7, who par particulates serpents among all other animals that have been tamed by men. It was under the form of a serpent that the devil seduced Eve. Specifically, he beguiled her. Look up the definition of beguiled. I'm telling you right now. They have always tried to pervert the DNA of God's creation through penetration. Stop. Demonic. Demonic. Hence, the scripture of Satan is called an old serpent. Hence, as the fruit of the tradition of the fall of the serpent, and through the east, east became an emblem of spirit of evil, and so pictured even on monuments of Egypt where they worshipped them. 
It has been supposed that many commentators that the serpent prior to the fall moved along in an erect altitude, meaning that the serpent, before he was cursed to slither on the ground, walked. He walked and stood up, straight up and down, like me and you. Amen. But when he decided to pervert Eve and beguile her, penetrate her, like, and try to corrupt her DNA, like they try to do with all these other stuff they try to penetrate humans with to corrupt their DNA. Hint, hint. You see what I mean? After that, he was forced to crawl on the earth and slither and not stand up again and eat of the dust. Consequently, the snakes before the fall moved in an erect altitude must have been formed in a different plan altogether. I agree. I agree. They must have been formed in a different plan, like God's plan, what God originally intended. <laughs> but they were perverts, and this is what they did. All right, so let's continue reading. I want to skip to, because that is a huge copy and paste there. Ah, here we go. Two views of the serpent, right? Because in the book of the beginning, the book of Genesis, it says that the serpent was cunning. See, cunning could be a negative or a positive attribute or characteristic in a person. And whatever gifts or blessings that God gives us, we can use to expand the kingdom of God or we could use to take away from the kingdom of God. Us being children of the living God, we want to expand, right? We want to glorify our Lord. We want to lead others to Christ. But those who have corrupted demonic negative DNA, um, they just want to tear away, kill, and destroy. Those who are possessed with devils, those who are possessed with demons, those who have evil spirits, those who are lukewarm and all that, that's what they do. It's very sad. Yes, we have to pray for them. We have to pray. They come on out that. But we don't let them drag us down with them. Amen and amen. All right. Preserved is... Oh, here we are. Two ways to point out the contact for the serpent was is wisdom. Wisdom apart from obedience to God degenerates into cunning and degenerates the venomous man's nature. Wisdom yielding to divine law is a source of healing and restoring, hallelujah, influence. And the serpent form thus became a symbol of deliverance of health. And the Israelites were taught that it would be so with them in the proportion as they cease to be sensational and rebellious. Preserved is a relic whether rather on the spot of its first erection as elsewhere the bronzen serpent called the name of neheshtan became the object of we talked about this idol idolatrous variation and the zeal of hexapa destroyed it with the other idols of his father thank goodness one righteous bride tried and got payment all right so let's continue numbers chapter 21 verses 7 through 9. Hmm. excuse me 
praise God, how to take a drink of juice. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. It's about time you confess. <laughs> Make atonement now, right? <sighs> we have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Do you hear this? They admit they sinned and they let the Lord, they know what they sinned. They speak it out, right? We have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Now they are going to go into prayer after you confess your sin. Pray to the Lord that he take away the spiritual legal right for us to be attacked by these serpents that he sent among us to punish us because we rightly deserved it. Then Moses or the righteous one or the intercessors or the children of God pray for the people. And the Lord will say unto Moses, Make thee a fury serpent, and set it up for a sign, that as many as are bitten they may look upon it and live. So Moses made the serpent of brass, and set it up for a sign. And when the serpent had bitten a man, then he looked upon the serpent of brass and lived. Now, sometimes, some of the things we do, we rightly did, right? Um, we have earned some kind of punishment. Come on, let's be honest. When we rebel against the Lord our God, when we do commit sins, commit his law, commit sins against his law, when we fall short, when we repeatedly, like this nation of Israel did, right, commit the same sins against the Lord our God over and over and over, we have earned a punishment. That's the way it is. And I know some Christians like to think different. They All they want to say is, oh, we're under grace. And um, then they want to continue sinning. But that's being double-minded. That's being more than lukewarm. That's being cold. <laughs> cold to Jesus. Don't be cold to Jesus. Um, so what we need to do is... Read the word of God. Read the word of God, children of God. Don't just say, oh, we're under grace and therefore we can do whatever we want. Because that's not how it works. Once we read the word of God and we understand how many times and what we have done to sin, we need to speak out and confess to God, God, I sinned against you in this way, in this manner. Forgive me, Lord. Then you come under grace because now you have repented and removed that sin for you because you're no longer doing it now you can focus and look towards jesus every day and be saved okay be saved be under grace not fall under these curses these hexes and vexes in jesus name for it is written in the word of the lord our god those who hearken on to the to the word of the lord our god all these blessings will before you those who hearken not unto the word of the lord our god all these curses will before you amen God is the same God yesterday as he is today. Tomorrow as he will be today as he was yesterday. Amen? Amen. All right. So the bronze serpent, I really, I don't want to know what these bronze serpents look like. I think they are disgusting. I can't stand snakes. I rebuke reptiles and serpents and snakes and insects and creepies and crawlies and slipperies and slideys in the name of the mighty jesus christ our lord and savior i rebuke this in yeshua's great name and their nasty spirit Ugh. Ugh. no thank you but anyways i took a screenshot because i don't know what it looks like 
there was something pretty about the color there was like this rainbow colored snake i was like oh man that's a bunch of different colors that's so beautiful but no thank you no thank you uh-uh ain't no way in jesus name not in this house <laughs> nope we serve the lord <laughs> all right numbers chapter 21 verses 10 through 16 and ye children of israel departed thence and pitched in Obath, and they departed from Obath and pitched in in Lai in Abarim in the wilderness, which was before Moab, right, on the east side. And they were moved thence and pitched upon the river of Zadred. Thence they departed and pitched in the other side of Arnon, which is in the wilderness, and cometh up on the coast of the Amorites, right? Now the Amorites is different than Ananites, right? Ananites is nasty. That's how I remember that. Ananites, you nasty. <laughs> because they're from the incest of um, Lot and his daughters. So that's how I remember that one. <laughs> Whatever little, I don't know, rhymes and little funny sayings I can use to help me remember because there's so many different tribes. I, I used them. Alright, so the Amorites for Arnon is the is the border of Moab between the Moabites and the Amorites, okay? Wherefore it shall be spoken in the book of book of battles of the Lord that thing he did in the Red Sea and the rivers of Arnon at the stream of the rivers that goeth down in the dwelling of Ar, and lieth upon the border of Moab, and thenceforth they turned to Beer, same as the well where the Lord said, Until Moses assemble thy people, and I will give them water. So it goes from water to wars to traveling to water to wars, and I'm going to give you water. They had water this whole time. Don't worry about that. But I want to point out here because we talked about the books of the Dead Sea Scrolls and the wars and the battles of the Lord. All right. So when the book of the battles of the Lord comes out or you find it, verify it with this book in the Holy Bible. Amen. That's how we in the body of Christ make sure we are reading books that have been published. We test it against the Bible. If it does not come out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, according to the word of the Lord our God, it is not of God. Amen? There's a lot of fake books out there claiming to be the lost books and the remote book and the books of that prophet, this prophet. No. Like the books of, what is it? Learn it or burn it. That one is obviously not of God. We reviewed that book already and I read it. There was some cute stuff in there. There was some nice stuff, but it ended up not being of God, right? Their stories or the text that was written in that book um, did not confirm with the Word of God, the Holy Bible, and neither did it confirm with uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls. There you go. So just be careful, children of God, because there's, there's a lot of... Um, just because some show or some book or somebody says Lord God or whatever doesn't mean they're talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Same thing just because a, a book says it's about Jesus or a show says it's about God and it's about life. If there's demonic stuff going on in that show, I can guarantee you this. 
that show isn't about Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's continue reading. Chapter 21, verse 17 through 20. Then Israel sang this song, Rise up well, sing ye unto it. The princes dug this well, and the captains of the people dig it. Even the lawgiver, with their statues of all the wilderness, they came to Mathanth, and from Mathanth to Nehatel, and from Nehatel to Bomath, which that's a whole nother reading, y'all. Bomath. Oh man. And from Beaumont to the valley and the plain of Moab and the top of Pisquah that looked towards Leth Jephmiphmon. Alright, so Belmont is close to the word um, Belmont, right? Belmont, right? The demonic one. And we're going to talk about that later in another Bible story, study too long to go into this but <coughs> the demonic presence that is over that territory sorry let me drink some juice mm, should have brought a lot of larger glass the demonic presence that is over that territory is belmont okay so belmont is basically just a lower level of leviathan so that's what was going on over part of that region right there. That's why it was rightly so that the nation of Israel, in my opinion, why they had to travel over all this territory. I believe part of the reason that the nation of Israel had to travel those 40 years, it was destined that way so the land could be healed because it had been so corrupted and it had fallen so short and the land had been cursed because all the evil and all the bloodshed and all the perversities that were going on over that land that's what i believe um and because you know the childish temper tantrums that the israel israel nation did over that land they allowed for that opportunity to happen i believe that leads right into god working all things out for our good I believe that, you know, that's part of God keeping his covenant with the land and healing the land and blessing it because we're the righteous dwell. That's where the land is healed. Amen. The nation of Israel certainly cried out over that land over 38 or 40 years, right? So I believe that's what happened, especially when you go and you read about what um, strongholds were over those lands. I actually just read that Beaumont and Leviathan part today in another book and this book here we go and I was just like wow God you really you show me I love our father he just shows me right on time everything we need for each Bible study and I was just like wow you are so good you're so faithful my Lord amen so wonderful all right, so let's read a little bit about the Book of Wars. What is this Book of Wars? Because I don't believe I've read it. I have read the War Scroll, and I have read the Book of the Wars of the Lord, but I don't know if it is the one they're speaking about here. So I wanted to do a little bit of research, and this is my minimum research uh, analysis or speaking of what's going on here. All right, 
The work mentioned in a single passage in the Old Testament, the connection with this geographical position of Anon. The article suggests that the book contains songs in, in celebrating the victories of the Israelites led by Yahweh. Hallelujah. And it seems, therefore, to have been similar to the book of Jasper, which we have read, right? Excuse me. Or possibly even identical with it. There is no evidence to support that later hypothesis. Modern scholars, what is no evidence? See, they be saying that, just trying to cancel it. Might, like, it might be, but there's no evidence to say it might be. Well, then why did you say it might be in the first place? Hmm? <laughs> All right. All right. Since some of the facts are mentioned refer to the epoch of the subsequent of the Masonic period, the last citation being supposed by... Ooh, excuse me, Said to refer to the time of Omri's destiny dynasty. The date of its composition is variously placed in the 9th century BC or in the reigns of David and Solomon. Yeah, I can see that happening. So, take it for what it's will. In my opinion, I would read the book of Jasper and the book of what else book did it quote jasper yeah i like the book of jasper in it it does sing a couple of songs and have a couple of poems it does suggest and talk about the couple of wars um so i don't know could that be the book that of the wars possibly i don't we'll have to find out sooner or later right we can always fast and ask jesus and ask the spirit of truth god will always tell us amen all right then Israel sent messengers into Shehan, king of the Amorites, onto, excuse me, onto Shehan, the king of the Amorites, saying, Let me go through the land and will not turn aside to the fields nor into the vineyards, neither drink the water of the wells. We will go by the king's way, which is the king's highway, until we be past thy country. But Shehan gave Israel no license to pass through his country, but Shehan assembled his people and went out against Israel into the wilderness. And he came to Joshos and fought against them. But Israel smote him with the edge of the sword. So notice how it says smote him, not them. And he's fighting an army. I believe what Israel smote here with this war was the principality or the stronghold that was over um, this legion or this army. And that's why it was necessary. Like I said before, I felt God saying, you know, this is why it was necessary for them to wander the land this 40 years. Because these strongholds and these demons, these evil spirits... Um, these demonically possessed ones needed to be taken out by the root. Amen? Yeah. And smote him with the sword, edge of the sword and conquered his land from the Erand to Jebak, even unto his children of the Amon, right? Amon, that's the uh, Ammonites, the incest tribe. From the border of the children of Amon was strong. And Israel took all these cities and dwelt in the cities of the Amorites in the Hashban and all the villages thereof. For Hashban was the city of Shihan, the king of the Amorites, which had fought 
before time against the king of the Moabites and had taken all his land out of his hand even unto Anon. Who were the Amorites? Well, I'm glad you asked. They were known as dwellers on the summit or mountaineers. So men who lived in the mountains and summits, right? Those people. One chief of the nation who possessed this land of Canaan before it was conquest conquest by the Israelites. As dwelling in the elevated portions of the country, they were contrast with the Canaanites who were the dwellers of the lowlands. The two thus formed a main board division, broad division of the holy land. Now, you got evil ones over here and then evil ones down here. That's basically what it's saying. So right here were the plains areas where the Israelite nation kept traveling. But below and above, um, the elevation-wise, right, was evil, corrupt tribes and nations. They first occupied the barren heights of the west of the Dead Seas, a place called afterwards Eng Edai. Eng Edai. From this point, they stretched west of Hebron at the date of the invasion of the country. Shanhan, their then king, had taken a rich pasture land south of Jek Jek Jabak. This rich tract, bonded by, bonded by Jabak to the north and Ednan on the south and the Jordan on the west, the wilderness on the east, it was perhaps the most special sense of the land of the Amorites. But their possessions were distinctly stated to have extended to the very foot of Harman, embracing Gilead and uh, of uh, Bashan. With the Jordan Valley on the east of the river after the conquest of Canaan, nothing of the importance is heard of the Amorites in the Bible. Oh, we're going to have to see that, huh? Who were the Ammonites? Ammon, Ammonites, children of Ammon. Oh, I'm glad you asked. Sons of the renowned, ooh, that itches, excuse me. Sons of the renowned mountaineers. A people descended from Ben Ammon, the son of Lot by his younger daughter. They're <laughs> so nasty. The Amorites are frequently mentioned with the Moabites because. They're half-brothers in incest, and sometimes under the same name. Oh, that's so nasty. <sighs> the precise position of the territory of the Ammonites is not ascertainable. The earlier mention of them, they are said to have dwelt in their place, Jakbat being their border. All right. So let's move on, move on, move on, move on, move on. All right. The hatred in which of the Amorites held for the nation of Israel is stated to have risen partly from their denial of assistance. The Israelites on their approach to Canaan, but whatever its origin, animosity continued to force the last state. I'll tell you what I think it is. I think it goes back all the way to Lot being jealous of Abraham. Remember? Remember that? Lot wanted the finest land and Lot's
people were fighting against Abraham's people and against his herdsmen. And Abraham being the calm, the calm Christian, right? The one saying, let's not fight. I'll go right, you go left. You go south, I'll go north. It is okay, you pick the best land and we will get along to get along, right? I believe it goes back to that. Because when, from what I can see, irrational people breed irrational people, jealous people breed and jealous people, um, hateful people breed hateful people. It's just something that continues in their corrupted DNA until someone chooses to cast out or rebuke out or get out that stronghold, that um, ancestral curse. They don't give into it, right? And the devil, the evil spirits will flee from them with it. They cast and rebuke out those uh, evil spirits and it goes to the feet of Yeshua HaMashiach for judgment, right? That's what I see. And the world can call it a heritage of this or DNA that or medical history that it's evil spirits. Because God did not create us to be that way. We're supposed to be reflecting almighty, ever-loving, living God right and then us the, from the rib of the man us women are supposed to reflect the man our man who's reflecting god so if all of that evil stuff is going on i don't care who makes what excuse it's due to sin it's due to corruption of dna and it's all stuff that could be cured no i'm not a doctor or a healthcare professional or a healthcare provider so disclaimer but i know the word of god and god says we were made to be created and formed in his image. Our God isn't sickness, illness, and disease. That's all the devil. Period and point. Amen? All right. I love you, God. <laughs> all right. So the tribe was governed by a king and by princes. The divinity of the tribe was Moloch, right? And we know who Moloch is. It's the one that they would sacrifice their children to to the fire Moloch right um child sacrifice which rebuking Yeshua's great name this is another stronghold that was over that territory and I believe that's why it was necessary for the nation of Israel to go and fight there all right so who were the Moab I'm glad you asked of his father that's what it means Moabites Moabites was the son of Lot <laughs> And his eldest daughter. Oh, that's so nasty. Zara was the cradle of the race of Lot. Father, forgive us, Lord. From the certain brother tribes themselves. The Moabites first inhabited the rich lands which crowned the eastern side of the Chamras of the Dead Sea, extending as far north as the mountain of Gilad, in which the country had expelled the Endoms and other inhabitants but they themselves were afterwards driven southward by the warlike amorites that had crossed the jordan and were confined to the country south of the river arnon which was formed their northern boundary All right so let's skip and fast forward because sooner or later we're going to hear about ruth right because the amorites none of them are supposed to get into the bloodline or into being of the priesthood or the tribes or anything like that. Well, 
centuries later, here comes Ruth. And Ruth, by her righteousness, you know, she marries, she's a Moabite, and she marries into the tribe of Judah. One of the towns, there we go, of Judah. So, can good things happen? Yes, good things will happen. Because Ruth chose to give her life over to the true living God. That's something completely different, <laughs> right? Than those who choose to keep living in sin and wicked iniquity. Anyhow, the whole um, copy and paste is there with the link to search out the matter for those who would like to. Continuing on, Numbers chapter 21, hello. Chapter 21 verses uh, 27 through 30. Wherefore they spake in Proverbs, saying, Come to Hashban, let the city of uh, Shinhan be built and repaired. For a fire has gone out of Hashban, and the flame of the city of Shinhan has consumed Ar and the Moabites and the lords of Bamath in Aran. See that? Lords of Bamath. Now, that's Baphomet. That's child sacrifice. That's that whole area. It's one step lower than Leviathan. Leviathan is in the waters and the sea. Bamath is on the land. Remember that for later. All right. Woe be to thee, Moab. O, Oba, Moab, yeah. O people of the Chemos, thou art undone. Thou hast suffered his sons to pursue and his daughters to be in captivity in Shehan, the king of the Amorites. Your empire also is lost to the Hashban unto Divan, and we have destroyed them unto Nophan, which receiveth unto Mededban. So who were the Hashbans? I'm glad you asked. It was a stronghold. Thank you. It's in the name stronghold. It's a demonic stronghold. Now, someone will say, no, it means divine or, or really strong fortress. Okay. No. Yes and no. Yes and no, but yes. All right. The capital city of Shanghan with the king of the Amorites, it stood on the western border of a high plain, Miss Hor, on the boundary line between the tribes of Ruban and Gad. The ruins of Hashban, 20 miles east of Jordan, on the parallel the north of the Dead Sea, the mark of the site. As they bear the name of the ancient Hashban, there are many sisters among their ruins. Hmm. Who were the R's? I'm glad you asked. A city or R of Moab. So a city of Moab. All right. In later times, this place was known as the R Etropolis, the Rob Bath Mob, and Moab. Sorry. And the site still called Rabab. Rabba. It lies about halfway between the Karak and the Wadi Mojeb. 10 or 11 miles from each the Roman road passing through it. What is Mabath? The heights of Baal. Boom. Bath, Bomath, Bomath, Baal. So this is that stronghold that is over that land that we were talking about. Okay. So Bohath of Baal, the heights of Baal, the sanctuary of Baal in the country of Moab, which is Probably mentioned in Numbers chapters 
2119. I like how they say probably. Under the shorter form of ba mouth or ba mouth in ravine and again in Isaiah, right? So, like I said before, this just confirms it. It's about the whole lesser than Leviathan, the evil ones that go over the land, Baphomet. This is that area. What was Chamos? Chamos is subduer, the national deity of the Moabites. Hmm. He also appears as the god with a little g of the Ammonites. That means Ammonassinites, right? Because that's incest. Solomon introduced and Josiah abolished the worship of Chemos in Jerusalem. Also, this identified is Bel, Pelur, Bel, Zabab, Mars, and Saturn worship. Yes, it gets into astrology and worshiping of the sun, the moon, and the stars, and the planets, and, and looking at the sky, and it's supposed to tell your future. Stop, Christians. We're not supposed to be doing that. Stay away from that yoga, namaste, demonic stuff. Stay away from this astrology, that numerology. No one has anything to speak over you unless it is God. That's who we listen to as Christians. Amen and amen. Why is this important? Why does all these definitions connect to witchcraft and demonic worship? I don't know, but it does. Chemos by Morris Johnston Jr. George A. Button. Okay, I like this article. It talks about uh, the nation of the God of the Moabites and how they were just angry people and they did like evil, abominable things and how they worshiped and did child sacrifice and how they were just sexually perverse. And uh, they often engaged in female deity worship, um, the feminizing of men, and um, that's that whole bafflement system, just like the bafflement statue, where it's like a, a male torso, female this, male this, you know, you see what I mean, animal this, and all that. And that's why they want to pervert uh, the DNA and make humans more animalistic, where they aren't spiritual and going to God, where they just act violently out of animal instinct. This is another reason why they try to push bestiality, another reason why they push pedophilia, another reason why they push being a sodomite and that transgenderism and that, what is it, hermaphrodite stuff and all that stuff. That's what this is. That's what that system is. And that's why Christians, we should stay far from it and do not come in agreement with it. Because when Christians come into agreement with this, they are denouncing God. Does that make sense? And obviously, we love God, so we shouldn't denounce God. Amen? Not even to save our lives. Stay right with God. God will protect us. So where does this all go to? I want to show this right here. Solomon, who was supposed to be the wisest of the wise, right? He said he is said to build a sanctuary to Chamas on the Mount of Olives. Well, the Mount of Olives is where, where our Jesus taught. I believe Jesus, who is all wisdom, right? Because Jesus is God, the Father and Son are one. I believe by Jesus teaching 
giving out lectures, giving out wisdom, giving out spiritual healings, uh, forgiveness of sins on the Mount of Olives. When Jesus was there doing all that, mm, praise God, he healed what Solomon had cursed the land. Um, and then, you know, many believe, obviously, in the future, the Mount of Olives is going to play a role in the returning of our Christ and everything's going to happen there. So I believe that's why a lot of things needed to happen. Because I've often asked God, I know these things needed to happen, but why? Like, I'm not questioning your authority and, and your ways, and I'm not questioning your sovereign rule, but why did it need to happen this way? And why did it have to be certain people, God? Like, I just don't understand, you know? And um, it's part of my prayer time and conversation with God, but the more and more I ask God, like, but why, <laughs> you know? Like, I know, I know a rose is red, God, but why is it red? I know there's a reason to it, you know? Um, it seems like such a silly question to ask, right? Like a question a child would ask, mommy, daddy, why is the sun yellow, you know? But um, I feel it's important questions to ask because I don't believe God creates anything the way he creates it just by accident. It's for a purpose. And I think it's fun to ask God these questions as, you know, me being his child. I I think it amuses him to for us to ask these questions. So. I'm just sharing that with others. Anyhow, all right. So Solomon erected this statue for Chamos at on the Mount of Olives, which was maintained and reformed at Josiah. Right. The monument by Solomon was no doubt some extent a political one, but it made the worship of Chamos part of the religious life of Israel for 400 years. 400 years. It shows you how one person can affect the whole nation. Forty hundred, right? Four, forty to a hundred, four hundred years. Ugh. Read this article, please. It's really good. It goes into how um, it mentions about Eshtar, right? We know that's demonic. It mentions about Chemos, which we just read is demonic. Emissions about mixing of the Eshtar and the Chemos to, to try and pervert God's name. It mentions how it's connected to Baal and Belman, Belpar, Baphomet. And it all sums up to being witchcraft and sorcery. And it leads into this. This is goddess worship. This is the feminism this is the God as a woman, like Ariana Grande singing. This is the yoga. This is the Gaga with the hermaphrodites. This is the Gia, the transgenderism. This is the feminizing, feminizing of men. Um, this is the making men into whores and prostitutes. This is what this is. Ugh, Father, forgive us. So you do a simple search of Gia, right? This is the top photo. This is what you get. This is all sorcery and witchcraft. Then you do a simple search of um, the mother earth goddess. There you go. Same same thing. This is why all those uh, evolution enthusiasts 
those uh, climate change enthusiasts. It's a, it's a faith. It's a religion. It's a cult. This is what they worship. All this Baphomet stuff. It's no different. Right here, um, what is this? The God is a woman. Here is Ariana Grande. All her symbolism and her over-sexuality and her perverseness. And here, right here, perverting what was a nice photo, you know, touching the hands of God from heaven. This is what these evil people do. And it all leads to right here. Lord, shield and cover us in the loving, saving blood of our Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. The Baphomet Chemos system. Chemos tribe right here. One thing says this is that nation that all those individuals belong to. And I know some want to have their celebrities and those witch doctors and, and all that up on a pedestal. Well, they're on a pedestal. All right. They're on a Baphomet pedestal because that's who they serve. And this all leads back to the serpent. Oh, yes. It all leads back to the serpent right here to the evil ones trying to pervert what God made. So God is creation, right? God is creation. He is the creator of the universe. There's no one like our God. While the evil ones are perversion and alteration and manipulation, stuff like that. Amen. Well, that leads into Kulanini. What is Kulanini? This is pole dancing, strip dancing, sexualized dancing, dance club dancing, aerobic or sporting dancing, right? Um, when they go to the classes and, and they do all that gyrating and it's all sexual stuff to all that sexual music, that's what it is. It's the false Holy Spirit. You feel good, you feel happy while you're doing it. And then as soon as something hits you, bam, you're back even worse to a worse elevated uh, spiritual sense, a, a difficult elevation of um, happiness. You don't receive joy in a pure, good manner. Erratic thoughts. Uh, sadistic thoughts, manipulative thoughts, that's what this is. This me, 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 childish thoughts, um, perversion, you know, that's what this is. All that false Holy Spirit is the false anti, is the Antichrist spirit. And lo and behold, if you look up Kulanini, what does this look like? All this chakra stuff, right? All this Hinduism stuff. All this namaste stuff, all this yoga stuff, all this Gaia stuff, all this Gaga stuff, all this feminizing stuff and feminists. This is what that is. But when churches don't do their research and don't share this with the congregation, they lead the congregation to being blind because some Christians honestly don't know how wicked yoga is. They don't. Some Christians honestly don't know how disgustingly evil going to um, these classes and dancing to this perverted music is or having a boxing class and it's to perverted music or whatever it is or going to a club and 
practically dry humping on a on the dance floor. It's all Kundalini. It's all serpent dancing. It's all going back to demonicness and celebrating um, the divine feminine, women supporting women. No, no, thank you. No, no, no. I support God's people. That's who I support. Amen. The spiritual uh, liberation, right? Love is love. Yeah. There's so many ways to God. No, there aren't. There's only one way to God. And God is love. You know what I mean? They tried to pervert it. It's really, it's really sad. But I want to read this part. Because this goes to, to the Ashtar and the meditation. This is another reason. You don't see them on commercials sharing, let's go and pray and read the Bible. No, no, no. They, they share crystals and meditation and this demonicism. That's another way you know they're not pushing God. It's not of God. Because if it was of God, they wouldn't mention it. Guarantee you, they would mention something else. Kundalini awakens are said to be occurred by a variety of methods. Many systems of yoga focus on awakening the Kundalini through meditation, pranayama breathing, and the practice of asana, and the chanting mantras right this is all that is stop stop ringing what is that lord you show me ringing those things like that no 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 rebuke that in yeshua's great name that no oh father god forgive us all that is ashtar all that is demonic feminism stop it's against god and that's what those cultures were doing Ain't nothing new under the sun because there's tons of people doing that today. Amen. Thus Israel dwelt in the land of the Amorites, healing the land, because they were there, by the way. And Moses sent to search out Lazar. They took the towns belonging there there too and rooted out the Amorites that were there. They turned and went up towards Bashan Og, which is um We'll get into that. Og, the king of Bashan, came out against them, and he and his people fought at Ed-Rei. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Fear him not, for I have delivered him into thy hand, and all his people and his land, and thou shalt do to him as thou didst unto Shahan, the king of the Amorites, which dwelt at Hashban. He smote him therefore to his sons and his people unto their was none left so they conquered his land in jesus name amen so who was og well he was a giant he was a long neck giant have you seen those people they they do that stuff to stretch their neck this is who they worship no marie they're a tribe in somewhere you're being racist i'm not being racist this is who they're mimicking this is who they mimicking with their long neck and trying to stretch the limbs and trying to stretch all that and stretch all this. They're trying to mimic the thin, lanky giants. There were different kinds of giants. We went over this, right? All right. So Og was literally the long neck giant. And Amorite-ish king of Bashan, whose rule extended over 60 cities, 
He was one of the last representatives of the giant's race of the Rephanim, and was with his children and his people defeated and exterminated, thank you Lord, by the Israelites of Ender-Re immediately after the conquest of Shehan. The brief the belief in Og's enormous statue is corroborated by an allusion to his iron bedstead preserved in Rabath of the children of Ammon. Ooh, I'm going to have to look that up. I missed that part earlier. I should have looked it up for everybody. Hmm. Conclusion. All the tribes of the nation of Israel battered against our battled against are the corrupted DNA fallen angels offspring and those who worshiped Baal, child sacrifice, perverse sexual abuses and or acts and giants of a variety. Amen. So those who would like uh, to recap on Numbers chapter 13 for a little more, here's the link for that one. Who would like a review of the book of Enoch, uh, the specific chapter of how DNA, man's DNA got corrupted. Um, there's that chapter. Now we're going to head into the spiritual teaching of the Torah. Now when I do the spiritual teaching of the Torah, I only go over uh, the verses that the Lord our God has led us to to avoid redundancy. I study out of the Bluestone Torah which is over there out of reach. <laughs> um, there are many different versions, but I like the Bluestone Torah version. That's the one God led me to, so that's the one I read out of in Jesus' name. All right, let's pray. Father God, in the blessed name of our Jesus Christ Nazareth, thank you for the spiritual teaching. Thank you for leading and guiding us. Thank you, Lord, for carrying us through, for giving us a renewed strength, giving us a renewed spirit, Lord. Thank you for always showing us the truth and leading and guiding us. We pray to always be with you now and forever through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. The sages. <laughs> All right. Chapter one, um, verse one of Numbers chapter 21. The sages teach that just as the waters of the whales dried up with the death of the prophet Miriam, the cloud pillar of protection was removed with the death of Aaron, the high priest, the first high priest of the tabernacle on earth. The cloud that guided and protected them has now left them. Well, seeing this, the surrounding heathen nations assumed that the nation of Israel was vulnerable and one after another of the Canaanite kings launched an array of attacks against them. The verse of the captive was taken was a female slave who the Hebrews have captured in previous wars against the Canaanites. Verse 6, the fury serpents made the biting of their victims feel as though they were burning from the inside out. Ugh, no, thank you. <laughs> All right. Verse 27. Ooh, no, thank you. The poets, the poets spoken aloud in verse 27 were poets such as Balaam and his father Beror were instrumental in Shahan's victory over Mahab. 
Mohab had been successfully resisting Shanghai's invasion until he hired Balaam, the soothsayer, the soothsayer, right? And Miram to curse it, just like Balak wanted to hire Balaam. Same thing. They celebrated Shehan's victory with a poem declaring that Hashban's, what, Hashban, which had been the Moabite stronghold, had become Shehan's capital and that he would advance there like fire and devour more Moabite cities. Verses 33 to 35, and this will be our close. Og was the last survivor of a herd of giants of the generation from the flood. Oh, forgot about that. The sages teach that Og is the fugitive who was told about Abraham who the sages teach Og the last giant was the fugitive who told Abraham about Lot's kidnapping. Amen. Oh, there we go. Well, children of the Most High, ever-loving, living God, I pray others got something out of this Bible study. I pray this Bible study bless others in Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and end this with a prayer. Amen. Father God, in the blessed name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, thank you for giving us this Bible study. Thank you for being with us and watching over us. Thank you for your protection, your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for speaking to us during this Bible study, Lord, and allowing this Bible study to reach who you wanted it to reach, how you intended it to reach them, Lord. We pray that this Bible study was not only providing, you know, righteous entertainment, um, but it was educational for your children, Lord. Thank you for calling us to learn throughout our lifetime so we can be wise and seek the greater things that are pure and good and of you, Lord, throughout our life and, and not to focus on things that are negative and not to be ignorant, but not to dwell on things that are not of you, God. We pray that we have more of a heart for your people, more of a heart from others, that we don't harp on offenses like some of these tribes did, halt on halter on bitterness, and we place we pray that they're just have all these bitter spirits, these evil spirits that just try to plague God's children with having evil hearts and and having provoking thoughts and racing thoughts. Lord, we just pray for all of everyone. Lord, may they be healed in Jesus' name. May they be restored to a sound mind in Jesus' name. And God, we just pray for all those who are lost and confused. As always, we pray for... Our president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, all the patriots worldwide, those who are going out doing great deeds for the body of Christ. We pray for all the prophets, the seers, the, the saints, the remnant army, the praise groups, and the praise warriors, wherever you are in the body of Christ. 
We pray that God just continues to watch over you and protect you and anoint you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. May you rest, amen, rest in the body of Christ with our Lord and Savior. May you have peaceful, beautiful revelation dreams, but may you have restful studies, easy yoke, and light burdens with our Jesus. We pray this all in the mighty name of our Jesus Christ Nazareth, filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach and sealed with the blood of Christ. Amen. Well, all right. We're going to get going. We will see everyone next time. Till then, may God bless you. May God keep you. May we all be forever written in the book of life. Hello, children of God. Welcome back to Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study. This is season four of this beautiful ministry where we go book by book, verse by verse, studying the true, incorruptible, infallible, everlasting, living Word of God. Now, before we get into the intro, I wanted to come on and say hello and blessings be to the ever-loving, living God. Thank you for coming back to another wonderful season. I want to encourage everyone to gather their favorite version of the Bible. Maybe some water, maybe some coffee, maybe even some tea. Get your notebook, get your pens and paper because we are going to dive into the biblical teaching reading out of the Geneva 1560 edition of the Bible and then the historical teaching reading out of a Bible's handbook along with other sources that you can find off of our main social media page at minds.com Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study and then we will go into a spiritual teaching reading out of the Blue Stone Torah now these teachings are made to encourage and educate the church on the true living gospel of our father who is in heaven now a little bit of housekeeping donations are always appreciated so if the spirit so leads you by our father to donate please do the links are in the description box or what really helps out is helping pay for advertising. How can you do this? Well, I'm glad you asked. A like and a heart and a share roughly is a donation of about $35 to $55, depending on your, uh, your friends list. So please, children of God, go out there, like, heart, and share, and let's share the good news. Now, let's get into our intro, and I pray in Jesus' name we all get something out of this Bible study. Amen.